Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Hello friends, and welcome to this, A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Welcome back, guys. I really hope you're all doing well out there. I'm doing great. And uh, just to give you guys an update, um, today we reached over 5,000 downloads on Spotify. That's a good number. I didn't expect to get any listeners whatsoever. And I'm getting listens from all over the world right now. So I'm really proud of myself for that. And I'm proud that I'm sticking with it. And I'm pleased that you guys are sticking with it. I'm hoping that there's some audience retention out there i'm seeing a lot of different figures coming through on spotify and it looks like i'm retaining some of you guys so that's good i'm not hearing a lot of feedback but you know they say no news is good news so i'll take it as read until someone tells me different and i'm really enjoying doing this so i'm hoping you're going to be able to stick with me as for the episode rundown for the next five episodes since we finished with a million little things season two and Inside Number 9 Season 2, and of course we had Miracle Workers Season 1, I'm going to be focusing on The Newsroom Season 2, and Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities Season 1. I've looked into it, I believe it's coming back for a Season 2, so that's good for myself, because I get to watch more of it, and I like it, and also I get to talk about it. But today I'm going to be talking about The Newsroom Season 2. And I'm going to be talking about episodes one to three. This was probably my favourite season of the newsroom. Just that I think that the first season was really good in the fact that it established all the characters and set everything in place. But I think the second season, it actually found its ground a little bit. Um, I think the storyline is really good within it. And then, unfortunately, it falls off a cliff in the third season. But we'll get to that. I think due to time constraints and other issues that were going on, it just didn't work out, which is unfortunate because it's such a good show. But as I say, we'll get to that in due course. So today, like I say, I'm going to focus on season two and we're going to talk about episodes one to three. And then as the next few weeks goes on, we're going to be talking about the whole series. So let's get into it. Episode one. First thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. We start off with Will and he's in an unfamiliar setting. He's sat in a room and he is talking to a woman called Rebecca Halliday. She is a lawyer and she has a team of guys around her. Rebecca is played by Marcia Gay Hayden, which obviously she played Gary's mum as well in A Million Little Things. So... There's a little link there. To be fair, there's a lot of links between a lot of programs I tend to watch and then go, oh, they're in such and such. It's almost as if some actors are really good at stuff and they keep using them. Who knew? But Will is getting grilled by Rebecca and her team about a story regarding something called Operation Genoa. 
When Maggie comes in, there is a drastic change in her outlook from the previous season. She's had a haircut and it's a lot shorter into sort of a punk style, really short. And then she's dyed it red from being blonde, which concerns Rebecca as soon as she walks in. And when Will is asked about it, he says she went to Africa and came back a little bit messed up. And when Rebecca asks about it, she says, how come she's gone there and come back looking like the girl with the dragon tattoo? Will says, if you'd have experienced what she experienced, you'd just straight up kill yourself. So we know that something is coming this season for Maggie. And it's big. We're also informed that Jim has been on a tour bus for Senator Romney's campaign, which we're told for a man of his job, he shouldn't be doing. They should have sent a low-level staffer to go, and Jim should have stayed at the office. So Rebecca starts the story of how they got to where they are right now. And she asks, 14 months earlier, you called the Tea Party the American Taliban. So let's start from there. So we start off with Reese. Reese is going to something called a SOPA meeting, which stands for Stop Online Piracy Act. So essentially, Reese was going to the Capitol building to help pass a law to stop piracy online, which obviously would have helped the network and would have put them in good standing because they helped create a law within the American government. But he's not allowed in due to the offence caused by Will's comments, which leaves Reese and Leona really pissed off at what Will's done. Initially, Leona loved it when Will said it, but like she says now, she wanted to say, let the chips fall where they may, but now chips are falling. So then we cut to Will in his more familiar setting of the newsroom. And the story he's talking about is the overthrow of Libya. But while he's doing so, people start coming in, speaking to Mac while she's in the control room. And they've found out that they've missed something on one of the segments. So they end up getting the reporter on the phone while he's on holiday with his kids and just get him to run back what he said. And they cut it live on air. So essentially this guy does the report from his hotel room wherever he is on holiday and just snips this little segment out and it just shows how well Max got the team working together and how well she works as the main producer. Moments later, before they even get a chance to celebrate that little victory, the whole board goes down and they find out that they're about to lose all the screens. So Max thinks on her feet again and they put a screen behind Will so that he has a monitor and they just tell him to speak to the camera that's just directly to his left so that he's got a screen behind him at all times and no one knows what the hell's gone on. So it's pretty seamless, even though it may seem a little awkward to the viewer, but they may not even notice. But after she comes out of the studio, after having a successful show, she's walking back, she gets told that one of the interns who's on the Romney bus has jumped from his hotel balcony into the pool and broke his ankle. So he's had to be pulled from the campaign. So someone has to go in his place to report for the next couple of weeks until he's back on his feet. So Jim gets tasked with basically who's going to go. So he has to pick someone out of his team to essentially send on this bus. But then he starts to see Maggie and Don being really cute together. And it distracts him from everything. And he just seems to slump down in his chair just trying to basically ignore the whole world. Charlie tells Will that he's pulling him from the coverage of the 9-11 tribute show for the 10th anniversary. And when Will asks why, he says it's because of the comments that he made 
Will understands, but is a little bit pissed off that he isn't the face that people want to see on a day like that. But when he's asked about it, Will says he's fine. It doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be Sloane and Elliot in his place. And he knows they're going to nail it. So he kind of brushes it off. But you can see that he's pissed off with the whole affair. Maggie, however, after kissing Jim last season, is just trying to get back to the way things were between them. He knows how she feels and she knows how he feels about the whole situation. But she's trying to get past it. So when she goes over and speaks to him, he ends up brushing her off and walks into Mac's office. He tells Mac that he's always wanted to cover a campaign and thinks it would be good for him to go out there and that it's only a couple of weeks. So he thinks he should go. Mac says, you're too important to the show to go. He essentially shouts at Mac and says, fire me or send me on that tour bus because I can't be here right now. So to cover Jim's job, Jim tells Mac to bring up Jerry Dantana from the Washington office because he'll do a good job and essentially he'll keep the show on track. So during the night, Mac calls Will and he's, again, trying to play it cool, brush it off. She asks him about the whole situation with the anniversary show and he says, I'm fine with it, you know, it's okay. And she and she takes him at his word, because why would he lie to her about this? But she didn't know that he'd been taken off. He didn't tell her, and it was only when Charlie rang her to say, how's Will taking it, that she had no idea what he was on about. And so Charlie had to explain. But essentially the plan is that Will will end up having the flu on that day, and will be taken off the anniversary show. Everything else will be the same. Apart from they will take his name off the banner. Mac allows Jim to go out on the press bus. But when he gets there, the guys there just really don't like him. For everything that happened with the Tea Party and what Will said has not gone down well with the Republicans. So they're basically torturing him a little bit. When he tries to get on the bus, they tell him there's no way. And that he's going to have to drive. However, Jerry, played by Hamish Linklater, Turns up in New York and is all guns blazing. He can't wait to get his teeth into the role and he's trying so hard with Mac to try and get his foot in the door to make sure that he can make an impact while he's there. But Mac is trying to keep him at arm's length. When there's a segment that involves military drones that Mac is speaking to Will about, Jerry turns around and asks, why don't we get my guy in, Silas West? And he just keeps saying, I think you'll like him. Now, Silas is a former military man, but Mac is very wary of what Jerry's trying to do. He's trying to take over, but Jerry tells her, at some point I'm going to have to start producing, so why not let me do it now? So she agrees to this Silas West bloke coming on, instead of their regular guy. So then we get to the rundown meeting, and something, <laughs> something very funny happens. So Don is sat in the rundown meetings and while he's there and while he's there Mac explains that Don has to be there because they're trying to do more crossover stories between 8 o'clock which is Will's slot and 10 o'clock which is Elliot's slot and when someone mentions well what about 9 o'clock Mac says uh, who cares about Washington they don't matter to us and then turns around to Jerry and says oh sorry that's just a joke and then realises that 
Washington are actually on speakerphone at the time. But as in this meeting, Maggie finds out that due to Jerry being there, that Jim has gone on tour. She didn't know that beforehand. And as always, we get to poor Neil. Neil is again trying to get a story on the air. And while he's doing so, he's talking to Mac about something called Occupy Wall Street. And Mac hears him out this time. It's nothing like what he's pitched before, where it's Bigfoot or the Abominable Snowman or whatever. And where she doesn't think that there's going to be much come of it, she encourages him to do more and keep trying with this because she knows that his pictures are getting better and that he will get something on the air eventually. So Will conducts a panel about drone strikes and they talk about the ethical, economical and moral implications of drones over fighter planes. And then Jerry's military guy, Silas West, pipes up and starts speaking in favour of the drones and how, essentially, they're better because they don't have the cost of life in them. So they essentially save American lives because there isn't a risk of having a pilot in there. And while Max trying to produce and trying to get Will to talk over Silas and ask questions, he's just ignoring her and seems to be agreeing with this point. And he also knows that it's pissing Mac off. But Will, at this point, doesn't want to be seen as anti-American. So is essentially just letting Silas go with it. But Mac is really pissed off by the whole thing and tells Jerry that he's not good and won't be back on their air again. And that from now on, Jerry will use Jim's people, the people they regularly use, to cover any military stories. Jerry has to tell Silas that he's not going to be able to come back. But Silas tells him he's got a story for him. And Silas tells Jerry that this will make careers and end presidencies. And it's called Operation Genoa. So Neil does exactly what Mac has said. And he goes off to see the OWS meeting. But while he's there, they basically say that they don't want people from the press. And that this isn't anything to do with them. But Neil hasn't gone as the press. But he sat there with his AWN credentials on like round his neck so they obviously spot him and call him out on it and he speaks to them mainly Shelley Wexler who is shown as the leader but isn't actually a leader at all none of them apparently are leaders and the voice that they're trying to give to the people is getting mixed it started off as a good message that they were trying to bring down the bankers who caused the banking crisis but now it's a mix of all different types of messages so Neil tells Shelley that maybe they need to get a straight message so that they can be taken seriously by the media. But Shelley tells him that she doesn't want the media involved, which I can understand because she says the media will twist their words and twist their agenda. But the problem with that is trying to get a message out there without media is so difficult and they're going to twist your message anyway. So if you try and get someone who is on board with what you were trying to do already, it'll benefit you surely. And that's what Neil's trying to do. He believes in what they're doing and wants to give them that platform. So at the end of the last season, when we saw Don and Sloane together, Sloane told Don that she was single because he'd never asked her out. And it's here that she makes her excuses and tells him that she didn't mean what she said. She thought she was going to be leaving the company and thought it would be a good outline. But actually, it turned out to bite her in the ass 
because she ended up staying. Don, however, gets sent a video from Maggie's cousin because, according to Don, she hates Maggie but has a crush on Don. And the video is from the bus when Maggie confessed to Jim at the end of the last season that she was in love with him. So after Don comes home from his shift, like I've stated before, Don does the late night show. So he's come home, found Maggie in bed and started packing because he wants to go to a hotel while she removes herself from his flat. He doesn't want to cause a big scene. He doesn't want to have an argument. He's just doing it calmly and kindly. But when Maggie wakes up and finds out, she's in shock. She can't believe what's going on. And she tries to convince Don to stay and that they were going to make things work. But he's reserved in all this. He knows that he's going to have to leave. So he gets out of there as soon as possible and leaves Maggie to it. He's told her already that he's called Lisa. He hasn't said why. They've split up but uh, he wanted Maggie to go back and stay with Lisa, and Lisa has agreed. Lisa, at this point, is still seeing Jim. Matt goes out and finds Will in a bar and starts drinking with him, but as she does, she asks him about the 9-11 coverage, and he says he's fine with it, but then she asks again, and he says, of course I'm not fine, I'm flipping out over it. Like, I was the guy that people would turn to in a time of crisis, and now nobody wants to see my face on an anniversary of one of the biggest tragedies in modern America. It's ridiculous. It's not fair. They think I'm against America. They think I'm anti-America. It's not right. Because he's not. He's He wants America to be the greatest. As we saw from the very first episode. But all comments that he has made have been misconstrued, as always. And it's here that Mac realises why... Will was so sheepish on air and letting Silas West get away with everything that he was saying because Will didn't want to come off as anti-American. And at the end of the episode, we see that the whole office is giving statements about Genoa and how they were all shocked that it was a lie. Episode 2. The Genoa Tip. So the team that are running the Romney campaign bus are just being absolute dicks to Jim. And in all honesty, if I was ACN, I'd be reporting that. Like, I understand that they're trying to give a fair comparison to the other candidates, but fucking hell. Like, come on. Don't be a dick to the media, and they should treat you fairly. But eventually, one of the females that's on the bus tells them that they need to let him on because they just want to go, which they eventually do. But again, they really should be treating the media better. So it's the morning after the night before, and Maggie has started now sleeping at the ACN building because of everything that happened with Don. She couldn't go out to sleep, and she just came into work. She packed some bags and has been sleeping in Sloane's office. So when Sloane comes in, she finds her there and asks her if she's been sleeping there all night. She tells Sloane the whole thing, and when Sloane tells her that, don't worry, just call him, you guys can work this all out, Maggie tells her that she's rang several times, and it's gone to voicemail. Sloane tells her maybe he was just sleeping. She says, no, two rings, and they hang up. They don't want to speak to you. Four rings, and they hang up, means they're not there. And Sloane says, I'm going to have to go and rethink my whole life now. Which... Is apt. Because when that happened in the show and I saw it, I went, do I need to go and rethink my whole life now too? 
oddly for someone that has a podcast I don't like speaking to that many people so thankfully I was okay but I did have to rethink some things Sloan tells Maggie that she should come to the gym with her there's a shower down there and they can just get the endorphins flowing and just not have to think about it anymore at least for a bit anyway so Jerry tells Mac about the Silas West tip and what happened with Operation Genoa. He tells her that there was an extraction of American troops, and while the Special Forces were there doing the operation, they used sarin gas on civilians, which Matt can't believe because essentially it's a war crime. And she says it's crazy to expect around 50 people who it would have taken to pull off, to pull off such an operation to keep quiet about this. But Jerry thinks that Mac isn't listening to him and he calls her out on it and tells her that if it was Jim, she'd be listening. But because it's him and she doesn't really want him there, she's being too sceptical of him. She tells him she is listening and she says, look, you can start inquiries. And he repeats the line that Silas West said, that it makes careers and ends presidencies. And she tells him, if you're right about this, it won't just end a presidency. People are going to have to go to jail for this. But she allows him to make his inquiries. Just after this talk with Jerry, while she's heading over to see Will, Maggie speaks to Mac and tells her that she wants to pitch something to her and she wants to tell her about Africa. But much like Neil's nonsense pitches, she tells Maggie that you have good ideas, but they're too broad. You need to come to me with something that's a bit more easy to get my head round. That's not just a whole thing like Africa. It's a massive continent. You need to be more specific. And tells Maggie to go away and think about it. So when Matt gets to Will's office, he's in there with Sloane and Elliot. And this is where he tells them that he won't be doing the 10th anniversary show of 9-11. And that they'll be doing it in his place. They try to convince him that it's stupid and and whether it was Charlie's decision to take him off or Leona and Reese's decision. And he tells them, no, it's my decision. I'm not well liked at the minute and it's all on me. But when they go, Matt calls him out on it and says, it wasn't your decision, it was Charlie's. Why are you defending Charlie? He can do it himself. And he tells her that it's not the decision. It's the fact that it's happened. It's embarrassing for me. And I don't want people thinking that of me. So I am telling people that I am making the decision. Jim starts talking about the Romney campaign, but he's trying to frame his camera up, so he asks the woman from the bus, a girl called Hallie, played by Grace Gummer, who is actually Meryl Streep's daughter, which, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it, because she looks exactly like Meryl Streep. It's weird how much they look alike and if you see her sister as well they're fucking you'd think they were twins and there's like four years difference between them it's nuts so anyway he asks Hallie for her assistance and she looks to be helping at first but then he realizes that she's mocking him and she has to tell him that we're competitors we aren't friends and that seems to be the theme of the boss that everyone is competing against each other, even though they're on this journey together. So Don goes and speaks to Will, and he's trying to get Will to adjust his coverage on the, on the case of Troy Davis, who is days away from being put to death 
for a crime that he still attests that he's innocent to. And because of Will's lawyer background, he wants him to be a lawyer on air. But he tells Don that it's not fair for him to do such a thing, even though he agrees that the man was poorly represented. But he was represented, and he was tried by a jury of his peers, and they sentenced him to death. So he tells him that he can't do it. He won't adjust his way of thinking on this. So while two of the techs are talking, we get to see why 9-11 means so much to Will. I mean, means so much to a lot of people of this generation. We get to see why it's so important to Will. Not only was he working in New York at the time, but two techs are talking and one of them says, do you want to see some ACN history? And he shows him a clip of the first time that Charlie and Will meet. And it's from the day of 9-11. Will was a legal correspondent and they couldn't get anyone else into the studio at that time. And so Will had to go on the air and not only talk to the people of New York, but the people of America and the people of the world that were watching. And Charlie comes over and tells him that he's been looking into it and he knows who he is. He knows he's from Nebraska and he knows that he's grown up with an alcoholic father and a father that beat him and his sisters and he tells him that America needs a big brother right now and that he was always a big brother to his sisters and that's what they need to hear. Charlie tells him that he's live in five and he walks out and when the camera comes back onto Will one of the texts thinks that he's frozen because Will doesn't say anything and then Will looks into the camera and gives a heartfelt speech about how he's there for them and how he's not going anywhere, and whatever happens, happens, but he will be stood by them at all times. Very much like in the first season when he speaks to Sloane, and Sloane gets in trouble for the whole Japanese thing, and he tells her that he will always be stood in front of her and to the side, but always in front and to the side. And I like that as a sentiment. I think it's a really nice thing to do for people. I try and stand by as many people as I can. For instance, today I contacted someone I haven't spoke to in months because I miss them. I like talking to them. And she is someone that I would very much stand in front of and to the side. She had my back and I've got hers forever. So it's a nice sentiment. Plus, this is our favourite show. We both love the newsroom, so it's always nice to give her a shout out on here. So while Maggie's telling Sloane about Don, Maggie comes up with a plan because they find out that someone has posted this video and they're another New Yorker. So they find out who she is, where her blog is online, where she is currently, all through social media and all that good stuff. And they go out to find her. But as they're heading out, Sloane asks, have you spoke to Jim about this yet? And Maggie tells her no, she hasn't. So, so she calls Jim and lets him know about what's gone on with the video and that Lisa doesn't know yet, but Don does. And that they're trying to get hold of this woman so that they can get it taken down before Lisa finds out. When they find this woman, she loves it. She gets into the whole drama of it. She thinks she's part of the story now. And she's a little bit too entrenched in the whole thing. She tells Maggie that it's the most hits that her blog has ever got because it's linked to the video and that she can't just take it down with all the traction that she's getting because it links to her fan fiction blog all about sex in the city. So eventually Sloane tells her, look, 
I've got a lot more followers than you do, and I will put something on my Twitter about your blog if you take the video down. So the woman agrees to it, and Maggie thinks she's got away with the whole thing. Apart from, obviously, Don knowing about it. But at least she's going to have a roof over her head with Lisa. So on the bus, Jim keeps pushing for an interview with Romney, and he keeps getting rejected. But every time on the bus, Jim will just keep asking for 30 minutes with the candidate. He's just pushing his luck to see how far he can get, and everyone else around him is just getting pissed off, including the staff that are on the bus, as well as the other reporters. But he won't back down, and I think that's important, especially for the job that Romney was going for at the time, to be President of the United States, deal with the press, be able to talk to any press, not just the people that you deem fit to be speaking to. Again, it goes back to last season when they tried to have the debates. They were trying to have it so that it was like a cross-examination. And the people that came out best in that debate would have probably gone on to win the presidency because it was a much more concise format instead of asking, like, the question was... Who's your favourite singer, Johnny Cash or Elvis? Like, why is that an important thing for a president? Great, they've got interests. You're meant to be running the country, so have all the interests you want. That's not an important question about running the country, is it? So Jerry has a list of names from Silas West, and he starts trying to look for a guy called Eric Sweeney, who was a gunnery sergeant, and he believes that he was involved in Genoa, so he's trying to track him down as much as he can, but at this point, with very little success. But while he's doing that, Maggie has been told to be more specific with her pictures. And so she goes to the person that she generally goes to and she speaks to Jim about it. And he advises her to just do that. Find something in Africa that is of interest and not just talk about Africa because it's a whole continent with several countries inside it. Like she needs to be able to pin stuff down. So Maggie goes and speaks to Jerry, and he tells her it's where American troops will next go to die. With the story that he's researching, see where his mindset is, but it's a fucking bleak thing to say. Probably one of the worst bits about it is the fact that we're such an ally as British and Americans that we'll probably end up there too. Neil really can't catch a break when it comes to this Occupy Wall Street stuff because it falls through on him when he thinks there's going to be a big protest and there really isn't. So when he goes to meet Shelley again and he asks her about the whole thing, they're in the middle of the street and all of a sudden police turn up and there's a protest march going on and Neil gets involved. While he's there, he announces himself as being at ACN, but he gets arrested, and his phone gets smashed. So Will goes to bail him out, but Neil being Neil, he's backed his video up to the cloud. So they get the footage, and Will goes down to the precinct and goes and gets it. Don begins losing faith in the fact that he can get any... Don starts losing faith in the fact that he can't get any help for the Troy Davis situation, and getting a stay of execution to get him retrialed or anything. Don hears that there's been a chance that it could have been overturned, but there's been a vote in place, and he finds out the names of the people who were in the vote, and when he's speaking to Will, he tells them that he could just threaten them on air, that if you put this guy to death, I'm going to I'm gonna give people your name and your address, and I'm going to make people come after you for what you did to this man. And Will tells him, yeah, why don't you just put his kids' pictures up on screen as well. 
and people go after his wife and his whole family. Don realises how desperate he's got when he actually picks up the phone as if he is about to ring this person. And at the end of the episode, while Don's producing, he gets a message through regarding Troy Davis and they have to report that Troy Davis has been put to death. When Maggie gets home from her adventures with Sloan to go and see the woman about the video, she speaks to Lisa and Lisa tells her that she knows what's gone on. She plays her the video and tells her that the woman you went to see thought Sloan was smug and she kept the video online and now Lisa has seen it. She tells Maggie that they are no longer friends, that they are just landlord and tenant and that is what their relationship will be. And then Lisa heads off into her room and calls Jim and tells him that they're done. So because of Maggie's insistence, talking about Africa, Mac asks her why she's so invested in doing this. And Maggie tells her that she wants to be the go-to on something. And they've got all these people that are in this office that all have expertise in something. If she was going to start a news team with five people, Maggie wouldn't even get a look in. So she just wants to have a speciality so that people can talk to her about it. Mac tells her that it's going to be really dangerous. She grills Maggie on what's going on in Africa at that point, and especially in the area that she's going to, which is Uganda. And Mac tells her that she's going to allow it, because Maggie tells her that she's going to be away from all the issues, and where they'll be, they'll be safe. So when Maggie goes to tell Gary that they're going to be going, Gary tells her that there has just been an incident in Kampala where they are going, and he tells her not to mention it to Mac because they are going regardless. Jerry manages to find Sweeney at the end of the episode, and while on speakerphone, he asks him to confirm about Operation Genoa, and he says it definitely happened, and Jerry gets Mac in on it, and Mac asks, you're sure this happened? And he essentially confirms that he was part of the operation, where Mac thought he was just a side character in all of this. Episode 3, Willie Pete. So Will starts telling the story about a captain in the army who's serving over in Iraq at that particular point. And he comes on and asks, and he comes on at the Republican candidate debate and asks a question about gay soldiers because he is one. And while asking the question, he's actually booed by people in the crowd. And Will quite rightly says how disgusting it is that not one of the people on that stage was a leader enough to actually tell that person or anyone in that crowd that they didn't want their vote. And again, like the debate format from before, if someone had stood up for a gay soldier, they'd have probably won the election, or at least won a fair few amount of votes in their favour from the LGBTQ plus community. After the show, Matt keeps bugging Will about the message he left on the night that they got Bin Laden, but he keeps telling her that he can't remember it. But when he gets back to his office, he finds out that Nina Howard has a story about Will being taken off the 9-11 anniversary, and Will says to Charlie that he's going to admit it. It's best that he goes up his mission to civilise and talk to her face to face get it out there, stop being mean girls, as he puts it. But Will also believes that someone on the staff leaked it, so he's also marching around the office trying to find out who. Mac, however, keeps pursuing Will about this message 
to the point where he just gets pissed off with her and ends up dressing her down in her office because he wanted her for so long. She cheated on him. She fucked him over. And now she wants answers for something that he can't remember or claims to not remember. And it's not fair that she cheated on him and yet he has to answer for everything. So Will goes and meets with Nina in a private restaurant and he tells her that that's what he wants. He wants to be honest with her. He wants to tell her the truth and he doesn't have anything off the record. He speaks to her frankly and tells her exactly what happened. Tells her it was Charlie who took him off and she tells him that she's glad that he told her the truth and that she will kill the story. Just as Will's about to leave, he asks her on a date and she tells him that she would and she wanted to all that time ago on New Year's when he first met her. But she also knows what was on that tape and as much as she'd love to, she knows how he feels about another woman and therefore she just can't bring herself to do it. While Sloane's speaking to Don, she tells him that she might actually be the one who leaked the story. In fact, she's pretty fucking sure of it because she was going to go on a date with Nina Howard's book agent, but on the day that she was going, she was going to get pulled into work to cover for Will, and she already knew that she was going to do that. So she had to cancel the date beforehand, and when asked why, she just told him that she was going to be covering, and that's how it ended up getting back to Nina. So when Sloane tells Don that she's going to go and speak to Will, when she walks into his office and confesses everything, Charlie realises the story isn't true. Charlie realises that Sloane isn't the problem, because Nina told Will that she was pleased that Will didn't lie to her, and how could Nina have known it wasn't a lie? Charlie took him off the anniversary show, because everyone in the office believed that it was Will who took himself off. The only person who knew it was Charlie was someone higher, and they realised that Reese is still hacking phones. So they get the tape out of the safe, and they go up to meet Reese. Reese once again admits everything, tells them that he did it, tells them that he wasn't happy with the way that they were treating his mum, and generally is just an ass as Reese always is. So Charlie thinks he's got him this time and tells him that he's going to take him down. And Reese says he doesn't care. As they go to play the tape to remind Reese of what's on there about the hacking scandal, they realise that the tape's silent and there's nothing on there. They've erased it somehow, and Reese just tells them to get back to work. Mac finds out that Nina is killing the story and calls her to thank her because in that previous season, she felt like she bonded with her. And it seems that... Nina's getting ready for bed as as she talks to Mac and Mac tells her how grateful she is and just before she goes she asks do you remember what was on the tape she asks do you remember what the message said and Nina who has already told Will that she knows what was on it exactly word for word tells Mac that it was just that she did a really good show and that he was pleased with everything that was going on. As Mac leaves the call, Nina walks out of the bathroom that she's in and walks into Will's apartment. While on the tour bus, Jim is trying to get answers about Romney's policies on certain issues, trying to get real tangible answers instead of just the usual press release that they're getting and no one's willing to give him anything. But he keeps pursuing and everyone in the press bus keeps getting annoyed at him because of his persistence. So when Jim gets to speak to a spokesperson for the Romney campaign, he thinks he's going to get better answers. So Taylor Warren, played by Constance Zimmer, gives him exactly the same answers as what he's already been given, and just keeps blowing him off, while Jim keeps asking what Romney wants to do with certain issues to 
try and help the country out. And each time he has to report back to the studio, you can see that he's giving up a little bit because he can't get any proper answers for the issues that are going on. And it's really unfair that, once again, these people can't answer the questions that they should be able to answer. Even if it's just a, that's not on the agenda right now, but is something that the candidate wants to tackle as soon as they're in office, that kind of thing. But what they're actually getting is nothing, or they're getting told it's in your press pack, or just some bullshit answer that isn't helping at all. And if you are running for leadership of a country, you should be able to answer those questions. And Jim points that out. But because he's so pissed off with everyone on the bus as well, he calls them out and tells them that they don't need to be on the bus. They don't need this press bus. It's not a press bus. It's just a free meal, basically. Like, they're not getting anything from it. They're not benefiting. They're not reporting. They're not being journalists. And tells them that we should just get off the bus, drive ourselves around, and do this thing properly. The candidates need the press. The press don't need the candidates. And he inspires one or two of them to stand up for their rights and ask hard questions, which ultimately gets them kicked off the bus, including Halley. Jerry has set up his meeting with Gunnery Sergeant Eric Sweeney, and when he tells Mac, she tells him that she wants to go as well, because she's been embedded with soldiers before, so knows a lot of the lingo, and will be able to translate anything that Jerry doesn't understand. Sweeney tells Mac and Jerry about the operation and how they use white phosphorus. But actually, when the white phosphorus didn't have the effect it normally does, which would be a war crime in itself, he gets told that actually they were using sarin gas and confirms that to Mac. When Jerry and Mac go and speak to Charlie about it, he can't believe it either. He's served time in the military and he knows a lot of soldiers and he doesn't believe it for one second. But he knows that if there's people out there talking about it, he's going to have to pursue it because he can't have someone else report this story. So he allows Jerry and a team of others to start to pursue this, to start to look for more evidence in and around that time. And while Maggie, who is on Jerry's team at the time, is looking through this, she tells them that maybe they should start looking on Twitter because there might actually be something out there that they can find. So they start having people look through the Twitter feeds in that specific area around that specific date and time to find out what they can see. But after days and days of overtime and plenty of nights working on this, Mac and Charlie decide that it's time to end this because... There's nothing coming of it. They knew it was unbelievable and it's been proven that it is. So they go and speak to Jerry, but just as they do, some tweets start coming through that are being translated and it discusses soldiers with guns, Americans, helicopters and something called Willy Pete, which Charlie says is white phosphorus. And then it describes burning before there's no more tweets for another 30 plus minutes because they've taken down cell towers. And Mac realises that they're describing Genoa. Neil talks to Mac about OWS because he keeps pitching stuff and he keeps putting ideas on the board, but nothing ever gets through onto TV. And Mac tells him that he doesn't believe in the cause. But then he shows some footage of another channel showing these marches. And one of them was from, I believe, Fox News, where they discussed, does pepper spray hurt? because the people that are getting pepper sprayed from OWS look like they're putting it on. And it's 
it's infuriating that these fucking journalists get away with this shit. People shouldn't be getting questioned when they're being pepper sprayed. It's not fair. But Mac tells him that, look, get their best person. Bring their best person into this studio and just warn them that he is going to rip them to shreds because she will give that person five minutes on air with Will, but they need to bring their A-game. They need to make sure that this is a clear message that they are going to put out. He'll be fair with them, but he's going to test them, so bring it. So Neil decides that he's going to go and speak to Shelley. As I discussed at the beginning, this is the start of a great season. The story about Genoa just really, really gets so interesting and the way that they build around it and some of the stories around it are crazy and to believe that it didn't happen is just something that blows my mind because if they found this much evidence about something like this press would be all over it as for some of the relationships between the cast in this series they seem to gel a lot better including some of the newcomers like Grace Gummer and people like that they assist the series a lot more I think having the relationship build between Don and Sloane is a good idea because it seemed like he and Maggie just weren't suited for each other much like the way that Nina and Will aren't they aren't suited for each other at all but I suppose that's the way you get to the ultimate goal of Will and Mac. But yeah, I'm definitely enjoying this season so far. It's really interesting. And like I say, it makes me smile every time I watch it. Some of the jokes are great. I'd love to tell you more of the jokes, but as with everything, the delivery isn't there for me. Like, I wouldn't be able to deliver the joke without the context of the show. But there are some great gags in there, so go check them out. But I think that's it for today. I am... As always, I really hope you're enjoying the show. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you manage to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And... If you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.